Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Hi, Pim. <laughs> Hi, Pim. I miss you so much. Oh I want to cry again, aren't I? And literally no. cry. It's true. <laughs> so our first FaceTime reunion after I got <laughs> signal back after like 14, no, 12 full days without signal. Okay, it's not even that long, guys, but it's hard work. It was so cute. She answered and was like all happy and then was like, wait, oh, my God, it's coming. Oh, my God, it's coming. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, when you picked up, I was like so happy and then I was like, Oh my god, I miss you so much. And then I was like, it dawned on me. I was like, oh my god, no, I actually miss you so much. And I just started crying and we were just laughing because I was like, this is so stupid. Because we've spent a lot of time apart before. But never without signal. I think it was like I fell into the Bermuda Triangle, which does happen. Which does happen. <laughs> but never for 12 days. I fall into the Bermuda Triangle for like 24 hours. Well, I think it's also because I was in Europe. And, and then you came back. And you and were then... away. Like, so from the length of time, it was actually like six weeks or whatever. Yeah. Which, which like, we had spoken to each other since then. But And it's not like I needed to reach you, but I don't know. Just you did came... need to reach me. <laughs> I, okay, I was having a crisis. <laughs> Existential crisis. Existential crisis. <laughs> so the most exciting thing about this guy's also, firstly, thank you so much for your patience this year. There's been multiple random breaks in the schedule with travel, Antarctica, like all sorts of random things. But the most exciting thing about Ange having quit her job is that Yays of Our Lives can be weekly now. Yeah, it's very exciting. Oh, it's so exciting. We're actually going to make a day per week where we're working together all day again, like the old days, and yeah. that will involve an episode every week. So it will be much more regular after the Christmas break, which we are definitely taking. Do you because, know what? whoa, <laughs> what a year. I thought that we'd be more productive, but we we're actually so terrible. We get into the most stupid tangents. So we've been laughing about one word this whole All morning. morning. <laughs> no, many words. <laughs> many <Good>. words. <laughs> <laughs> like all our jokes, it doesn't make sense to anybody. <laughs> but this is the first time we've seen each other in person since pre you going to Europe. Mm. So you just left your job. Like it's been a tumultuous it's period been a of time. time. And then I've been on this like adventure into the, you know, end of the literal earth. And now we're reunited and we were hysterical <laughs> at breakfast. Nick was just like, I don't know those two girls. You said, why don't you just Google it? And it came out like, why don't you just Google it? And then I, I thought it was so funny. We laughed for like an hour. And then what was the other thing? It was freaking Elton. No. No, something oh, else. No, because Sarah then started just picking up every single word oh, anyone yeah. was saying. And so Nick's like, oh, I've got a bone bruise. And she was like, a bone bruise? Oh. <laughs> yeah, a bruise on and his then bone. The, 
then a waiter came over and said, I've got your chai tea. And I was like, chai tea. And he was just like, like, Sarah, inappropriate. You can mock anyone, but you just can't mock every single person that comes to you. Oh, my God. In my defense, I had a five-day transit to get home, went straight to a wedding, had two nights at Mitchelton, which were incredible, but also very, very late nights. I don't know what time it is. I don't know what day it is. It's true. My hair has no idea what's going on. It's true. This is your first day of wakefulness. I'm so delirious. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny and so funny. I just couldn't stop laughing. So it's been full of yay this morning. You will by now, by the time you listen to this episode, have already had one Antarctica dedicated episode with the incredible Martin Cohen, the penguinologist. And if you guys didn't ball from his story, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. And there's many more expedition leaders and guests coming, but I have so much audio to go through. So in the meantime, hello. And just just recording me and I look like an actual decrepit piece of rubbish. <laughs> I'm so jet lagged. And I'm hot. And she's wearing my seasickness <laughs> glasses. We thought we'd do a quick Yays of Our Lives dedicated to Antarctica. And then next week's Yays of Our Lives will be dedicated to Angie's anonymous Q&A, her turn, which we started gathering questions for like eight years ago <laughs> yeah. and haven't done. So we will re-request some submissions and then it will be an Ange dedicated episode. But I think that will be really good because it will be like a a month on from you quitting your job mm. and you've been traveling again for the first time in two and a half three years so you'll have more like revelations and stuff to share I feel yeah so many I feel like because we I think we spoke about this the last time <laughs> what? just google it <laughs> stop freaking out turn <laughs> This is a bad day to record. Oh my God. This is a bad day. <laughs> Sorry. No, what I was saying is we had said last time that we were both had done these big things in our lives and then we were both going on this soul-searching adventure. Yes, and we've done the soul-searching. We've done that and I feel like I definitely, definitely have done that and my life is in a very new chapter, a new phase. And people have, many people have asked about the the leaving. <laughs> I was like, what did they ask? Um, like, what am I saying? Yeah, about how to you know, move away from what they were doing to kind of freelance and work mm. like that. It was just actually quite interesting because it meant that I had to reflect on my, like, how I got here. <laughs> you take those stupid glasses <laughs> I'm reflecting. I'm pensive. <laughs> you look like Harry Potter. So, yeah, and there will be a fun episode. But today's episode is not about that. Today's episode. So for everyone at home listening, we haven't actually caught up about Antarctica purposely so we could do it on the podcast. So I, I actually, The only thing I've known about Antarctica is the – This is blind react. Yeah, the postcard that Sarah got me for the sake of getting me something. I know. I had 15 kilos of luggage and I had no room, so I got you a postcard. Yeah, and the only other thing she told me <laughs> and was – And a patch. I got you a flag, Antarctica flag. Did get me a patch. That's the extent of what we've caught up on for Antarctica. We were actually so disciplined this morning. You were like, tell me everything. No, don't tell me anything. Yeah, genuinely, because I was like live reacts only. So, yeah, how was Antarctica? Oh, my God, I was amazing. So I've shared, like, quite a lot on socials already, assuming that there's a bit of crossover or slash a lot of crossover, but I'm just going to rehash it all anyway yeah. because – I don't read, so please. Uh, you, like, literally don't follow me. I was like, did you see my reel? And you're like, no. <laughs> it was literally dedicated to you. Oh, okay, let me watch it now. It was let like- me Google it. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like having been to, I mean, we've had such a lucky and privileged year. Having been to Egypt this year, I thought my brain couldn't 
really explode any further than that, the history and the scale of humanity. But what was so different about Antarctica is that it's not man-made. Like I wasn't looking at something that was the scale of man and his place on earth. I was looking at something that was so untouched by that. And there's nowhere in the world that's that remote. There's nowhere in the world that's so pristine and that nature is just doing its thing. And like humans can get to it. So there's so many facts. As you guys know, I get so excited about like niche communities and niche areas of interest. And once I get into something, I dive really, really deep. So one of the things I tried to do in sorting out through all the content was distilling some of the facts that I learned that I loved. So you might've read this already on socials. If you have, I'm really sorry for repeating it, but I still find it really interesting and I've heard it like a million times. Okay, good. Cause I didn't weeks. read any of it. So you can tell me. Oh my God. I can't. No, I did read. Dude. I read. I read. Oh my god! And then that's it. Yeah, you read three letters. <laughs> Cheers. Oh my god. So it was my seventh continent, which is also yes, such a big knew that. privilege. And I didn't think that that would happen this early in my life, if ever. So that was a huge, overwhelming milestone. It was really, really special. But a couple of really interesting things about Antarctica is that it doesn't belong to anybody. It's not officially a country. Uh It is governed by a group of nations that have the Antarctic Treaty and is devoted to peace and science. So one of the really big revelations for me was that even in a pretty combative territorial world, nations prioritise science and make this place really peaceful. And all the different, like there are claims over certain parts of it, but they've all been put on hold in this treaty that allows for research and they all share research facilities. Like it's amazing. I love that science comes first. It has no official time zone. Every direction Ah. is north, which is really weird. It's bigger than the continental United States. So we went to like a 1%, not even 1% of it, and it was still so remote and pristine. And so, you know, what I saw versus what is actually in the centre where humans like can't get to, it's just wild to think that there's, you know, humans all over the world doing all sorts of things and then there's just this one huge continent where there's nothing, which is very, very humbling and amazing. The oldest penetrated ice is about 800,000 years old. Whoa. It has two active volcanoes. We swam in one of them. It's the highest, driest, coldest, and windiest continent on Earth. The weather can change dramatically, like in minutes. So we'd go from like a bluebird day, which was sunny and like actually quite warm in all your thermals, to like sideways snow and ice everywhere. Like literally your boat's like pushing ice out of the way in maybe five minutes. Like you can see the time markers on our photos. It's crazy. It was, yeah, amazing. You get, so we were on the boat for 12 days and during that time you actually get your sea legs so when you first get on you're kind of a bit wobbly when the boat moves you can't really walk around and the staff are all just like totally fine and we're all falling all over the place even when it wasn't really rocky and then by the end you can sort of stand upright and you're fine but then you get off the boat and it takes a few days to get your land legs back because you feel like you're rocking and we had like a pretty rocky way back so at the airport we got off the boat and then I went straight into transit to get home for this wedding and had, I think, three days of flights and layovers. So crazy. So I was like literally <laughs> falling all over the place. I was like so woozy. You 100% <laughs> would have been that random drug check person. Yeah, literally. I got like, it. Like all, <laughs> all, in all directions. <laughs> and it was just like there are so many parts. I did a big Q&A. So if you go to my Antarctica highlight, anyone who's interested in going or is going, there's heaps of detail on like the packing list and the weather and all those kinds of things. But I think – I was asked, like, what were the highlights and the lowlights? There are no lowlights, except that I want to stay longer there. The highlights were just how, like, vast and 
magnificent. Like no photos or videos can capture the scale of being in the middle of these glaciers that are so gigantic yeah. and whales going under your boat. Like they're not scared of humans or the animals, so they just kind of are really curious and they're so smart. So they'll like literally breach and their tail will flip up and just like they play with you. What was their ATAR? Which was so 99.9. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so, so cute. Lucky you. Really high-achieving. <laughs> So much wildlife. The quiet as well. Mm. Like when you would go out every day on the Zodiac boats and they'd turn the engine off and you'd just sit and hear ice just cracking all around you. It was so So cool. cool. The remoteness, a lot of people asked if it was scary. I think we definitely all had a freak out the minute that we left port and knew we wouldn't be coming back for 11 days. But it's actually so... Like your perspective can never be the same again after having been that remote. Like it's you can't fly there. There's an airport. There's no commercial flights. I think it can only be accessed like two months of the year anyway. So you really are like the only way to get there is to sail. And it's two days minimum to get there to actual Antarctic waters. A lot of people are like, why don't you just go from Australia? It takes 12 days sailing to get there from oh, Australia. Way too much. Yeah. But the other highlight was that every person who goes there both the expedition staff and the passengers are so diverse. Like for someone like me, you guys know, I am obsessed with Parthiers and people from different walks of life and different languages and different cultures and like being in a melting pot on a boat where you get to just sit with someone different every night and also watch them react to something that's many of their seventh continents, many of like most people were mind blown and didn't have words. And like to be honest, the two days that you're on the way there – we had a really good crossing. It was really, it's the Drake Passage and they call it, it's the Drake Lake or the Drake Shake. We had the Drake Lake on the way there. And even still, I was like, God, this is a really long way. The expedition staff do four days for every trip is them just in transit. I'm like, God, like what keeps you coming back? Yeah. And then you get there and I'm like, I get it. I get it. I would spend a week getting there for But doesn't this. the ship have many amenities? Amenities. Anemones, so many anemones. Yeah, so the transit should be fine with the amnesties. There were- <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that either. I thought we'd be on so literally. If you guys watch NCIS, I thought we'd be on like a military vibe ship. Yeah, with, like, okay, so because little- I did watch that. You had like a sauna. Yeah, you had like the full shebang, full shebang, and so a lot of the boats that go there are like proper luxury cruise ships mm. like the kind of P&O Royal Caribbean those kind of ships that you see so they do do a lot of crossings they're very very big and they're proper five star mm. I loved our boat it was the Ocean Endeavour and it's much more of an adventure ship so it has amazing amenities like two saunas one of them's massive so there's a whole group of people can go in there at once there's a pool a hot tub you could get massage you could get a pedicure and a manicure like you could get everything there was yeah. a gym we had yoga classes but it wasn't like super luxury. It wasn't like five star. Yeah. We had an amazing like turn down service every night and the hospitality was incredible. The food, we had a la carte every night. It was insane. What's that? Like it's what, <laughs> what cuisine? <laughs> Everything. But we'd have like seriously fancy. They even had like penne vodka, you know, the viral vodka penne. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like what? it was fancy, but it was an adventurous ship. Like it wasn't the most modern in its decor. It was really built around the experience in terms of it has a double gangway. So a lot of them only have a single gangway. 
it took 200 people maximum. You could get all 200 people off the boat and onto Zodiacs to go on a cruise in 22 minutes. Oh, so good. Like so fast. So there was no waiting around yeah. for, you know, people to get down there fancy, like whatever. You know, it was, it was there were parts of the boat that were very like – boaty yeah <laughs> there were parts that were like we were so comfortable I feel like, like I'd rather that because I feel like it'd be weird to feel in a hotel when you're on the water I don't know something about that being in such like vastness and mm. nature and then then stepping in and you're in you feel like you're in like a five-star hotel we felt that way as well it was a bit incongruous yeah that's the to word. feel like you were in yeah such a like some of them had you know the captain's dinner would be a proper black tie dinner whereas we were all just rocking around yes, I'd in, rather, like, I'd and stuff. That. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love too. But what I also love was on our boat, the average age, I don't actually know what the average was, but there were heaps of people born in the 2000s. Wow. The youngest passenger was 19 traveling on Rome. <gasps> I want to It do was that. so cool because it's becoming, I mean, like there is this perception that it's a an older person's adventure. It is actually a younger person's adventure in terms of it's quite hard on the body. But because of the budget and how inaccessible mm, it's been, it's once you go, you realize how remote it is and how hard it is to get people there. You understand the cost. But I think now it's become a lot more accessible in terms of there are more options, there are more companies that go there. And there are also like once a year, the Cyber Week sale that just happened was 40% off. So that's nearly two for one. What? I should have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had actually heaps of followers book in, which is so exciting. I don't follow you, so maybe that was why. Uh, you don't watch any of my content, so like whatever. But it was amazing to see such a broad range of ages and a lot of like young people traveling alone so who cool. made so many new friends and they'd like form these little groups and yeah it was awesome like there was one really cool so you could go in a shared cabin if you wanted to with someone who you hadn't met before and like there was one amazing pair who I think one was in her 70s and one was in her early 30s and they were in a room Fun. together and they had the best time like they did the, the polar time. plunge together they did everything together it was so so lovely okay okay I have many many questions go okay so two days transit two days transit each end yep in between, like day in the life, what was the situation? Great question. So in the crossings, you don't do any landings. You're just sailing the entire time. So it's a lot of meeting people. They hold sessions with – so every expedition leader can drive a Zodiac, can have their like guiding qualifications. They're almost all of them, particularly for Antarctica, a glaciologist a penguinologist, a marine biologist. They're all experts in something, so they will all run sessions for you to go to. And, you know, if it's a rougher crossing, people tend to stay in their rooms and watch TV or whatever, but, like, there's a historian on board. There's, like, so much you can do in those two days. Then when you get there, so our particular cruise had four days, like four clear days actually in Antarctic borders and we go to the Antarctic Peninsula. There it's really protected from the weather, so it's super still so you can do you know, anything. It's you don't not worrying about kind of bad weather. And then it's one of those things where I think one of the biggest pieces of advice I said is if you're a traveler who likes schedules, you really need to let go of that before you mm-hmm. get there. Because it is all like as in I, I mean, you don't have to worry about weather in terms of a big swell, like the boat's not gonna rock, but you have to worry about weather in terms of like whether you can land on the ice or whether you're like kayaking, for example, if it's snowing you go out, if it's sunny you go out, but if it's windy you can't go out because it's you know, over a certain amount of knots, yeah. your boat will just be all over the place. So there's 
activities that you can sign up for. There's kayaking, there's camping on the ice, there's snowshoeing. There's this amazing photography course where on board the Ocean Endeavor is a Sony team and you can borrow cool. any of their gear, like the most amazing lenses. And then photographers sit down with you and critique your photos each day. So by the end of it, you know how to photograph at like with a telephoto lens. It's really cool. But then even if you don't sign up to everything, the main default activity you do is Zodiac cruises. So you get out on these boats, there's 10 people to a boat and they can zip around and take you in where the ship obviously couldn't make it into and they'll like dock at different harbours or different places and the scenery changes so much between them, the wildlife changes between them. And the main idea is that each day the ideal scenario would be that you do two outings, that you do morning and afternoon and there are a couple of hours each if the weather doesn't allow, you just go out in the zodiacs. If it does, you actually land on the ice. And we probably landed on the ice, I think, three times. One of them was on the actual mainland, so we get the flag out. Cool. And the others were islands, so there's, like, lots of little islands around where you go. And then some of the days we couldn't get off the boats, but we'd be in the zodiacs for, like, four hours just yeah. cruising around and finding seals. We found penguin colonies. You get to go and, like, go right along kind of the coastline and watch them. They make these things called penguin highways. Stop. They literally make highways and then they all follow the same highway. With their bellies or with their, with their Either. Footsteps? They're so clumsy. Is it really icy or is it snowy? Both. So if it's really icy, you tend not to land because it's too slippery. It's probably windy. If it's really snowy, it's fine. But what I thought was really cool is that the expedition team go out first and they'll build out of the ice like steps so that you can go up and then they kind of cordon off an area that's like a narrow walkway so that it's a bit that they know won't affect the breeding colonies and all that kind of stuff. And they kind of put like sticks and stuff. And then in groups so that it's not everyone at once, they'll land you and you get to spend like an hour and then you get back in the boats and then they cover every single footprint in that your boots make so that like baby penguins don't fall in the holes. They remove the stairs. Like there's really, really minimal impact each time. And what was awesome is that we went out one day was a bluebird day and it was crystal clear and all of the icebergs were bright blue. The seals were out. There were baby seals. The penguins oh. were all over the place. The next day it was like dead still but white, like everything was white but it was mirrored, like that everywhere you'd go the glaciers were mirrored in the water. It was so still. Then the next day it was like sideways snow and every time you pushed forward, like you, all you could hear was ice cracking on the side of your boat. It was just like <laughs> Uh, so it varied so much and like yeah. I had a lot of questions actually what is there to actually do there I'm like there is so much so to your days do. were pretty full really full yeah and also because in towards November-ish like when we were there it gets light at 4 30 and it's still light at 11 Whoa, so you don't cool. want to go to sleep yeah. because if you sit on the deck for like half an hour you'll see whales so you'll good. see a pot of whales and it was really early in whale season so I thought I wouldn't see any at all but they were everywhere and they come right up to the boat and like one of the cool things about the ocean endeavor is there's more deck space than a lot of boats like a lot of the really luxury ones kind of people have their own balcony but there's no common areas whereas we had like the whole top deck you could walk around awesome. and people would just hang out there you could also go to the bridge that opened the bridge so you could go up which the bridge is where the captains steer from cool. and you can like listen to them doing all their stuff and watch like all the controls and that's really cool a couple of times I opened the bow, so like the front of the boat, you could actually go all the way to the edge and what they didn't do it all the time because uh, there's all the ropes and stuff there. But it was just like even when you weren't landing, we'd try and go out twice a day. So you'd get up, you'd have breakfast, which was like an amazing buffet, you'd get ready, 
So the coolest thing, there's heaps more detail on Instagram about this, about the actual layers, but I never felt cold and you know I hate being cold. I'm yeah. not very good at being cold and I'm not very good about being nauseous yeah. and I, both things didn't happen. I did see that you said it didn't actually get that much below minus one or zero. Yeah, which the Canadians on board were just laughing. Yeah. They were like, I'm hot. <laughs> well, no, because I remember being, remember when I was telling you I was in Nepal and it was like minus 10, minus 20 and that was insane. I thought that's what Antarctica would probably Same. Would be. And it wasn't summer. Like it was not the height of winter, but mm. it wasn't the hottest that it gets either. So we had one layer of merino wool, like thermals, one layer of fleece, then a puffer, and then an outer waterproof jacket. You definitely need waterproof gear because you get mm. wet and the snow also gets wet. But you'd keep your outer stuff in the muck room downstairs with your boots and then they'd biosecure everything as well. So even your boots, you have to walk through this solution before you're allowed out so that nothing like can cross-contaminate. But you'd leave all your outer stuff downstairs in the muck room and with your life jacket or PFD, personal flotation device, and then you'd just like do all your stuff on the boat in your normal clothes and then you'd go downstairs and get ready before you'd go out. And we were divided into groups and you'd get cold out and then you'd go out for as long as you could. You'd come back. There'd be like hot chocolates and bone broth and stuff waiting uh, for you to warm up. So cool. We'd have lunch, which was a la carte chill out a little bit, maybe go to a session and then you go back out in the afternoon. But you don't have to, like if you wanted to just do one or the other, most people wanted to get out as much as they could. And then oh, at night we'd have a recap every day. So we'd talk about the wildlife that we saw. There was like a list that if you saw one, you'd tick it off so we could see how many things. And then they give it to you at the end. They give you a map of everywhere you went. They'd give us an update on like the weather, what we were doing the next day, what sessions we're on. That's so good. It's so good that there's structure, but you're not forced like you know yeah. like I could never do a Kentucky tour because I I feel like I lose all control of where I'm going what I'm doing it all day yeah whereas this is kind of like here are all the options that you can do for the day pick and choose as you please Otherwise, totally chill out if you want yeah like, that's the most ideal like setup I feel like you don't have to get off the boat or whatever it is yeah you can totally just unwind and like you see it so much if you just sat on the deck you would see so much that just say you didn't like going yeah. out on the zodiac I don't know why you wouldn't like it's yeah really easy to be on those boats and just sightsee but if you didn't like it same with like if you didn't want to get off the boat and do a landing you could also just stay on the boat so which was really cool and like some of the kayakers you know they were signed up to do kayaking every time they could but one of the times they wanted to go on the zodiac because you can go further so they just swapped yeah it was really flexible and then like one of the nights I was really tired so I just didn't go to the activities and it was so- totally fine there's only a few mandatory safety things yep. but everything else is voluntary But then, you know, towards the end, we had a really bad weather warning and, I mean, everything is weather dependent and I think that was one of the coolest things was realising here we manipulate everything in our life to suit what humans want to do and there it's like you actually just, you can't. Nature's just like, dude, fuck off, like get out. And (laughs) because the crossing, the Drake gets really rough, it's like renowned for being quite rough, we had to leave half a day early, which meant that we didn't have one landing but I mean every person on the first day was like I could go home now and be happy like I've seen more than I ever expected to see so by three days we were like we've seen so much we were so lucky and we'd rather not have a crossing in a storm yeah but because of that we got to stop at Deception Island which is a live volcano and you sail right into the middle of it where it's like really protected and we did the polar plunge as our last activity which was amazing and pretty much the whole boat did it It what do you wear and do they give you wetsuits your bathers (gasps) I know my boobies. I know. My little boobies. <laughs> my little boobies. Oh, my gosh. But it's funny. It doesn't, like, it shocks you, of course, when you first get in. And then all the blood rushes to the surface and you feel warm. And then you die. Yeah. 
And, you know, <laughs> and then you reborn. And you said, bye, Jack. I literally Rose. feel like I was reborn as a post-Antarctica Sarah. I was like mm, baptized you in, are the, in the car. I am vitality. <laughs> Mum came in and saw Ange just before and was like, you are just like vitality right now. I was like, say that again. I didn't quite hear it. <laughs> Tell me so. You are vitality. But it was such a vibe. All the staff dressed up as penguins and then they had oh, tunes on in the gangways and everyone was egging each other on and you jump in and like they give the guy right at the end the phone so you also get like right up close footage of you jumping in and coming out and then you warm up straight away like they give you a vodka shot yeah. and then oh, you warm up straight away and then you go in the sauna everyone goes in the sauna so good. and it was so invigorating okay i have so many more questions i have so many more questions how many people are on this boat 200 well okay that's quite a lot that's the maximum capacity and when we were originally booked to go because we were filming for intrepid mm. because this is the first season that they've had this boat and they didn't have content of everything we thought there were, i think there were 60 so we were like oh we'll just jump on all the spare activities awesome. whatever and then everyone just got on board and yeah we were like 198 or something whoa so it really filled up yeah and a hundred staff well, and it still didn't feel crowded and did you see any other cruise ships on the waters or did you just feel like very no. like you genuinely- We saw one yeah. for one afternoon when there was a weather warning so the boats will tell each other like we found lots of seals here or whatever. Yeah. They communicate a lot between each other but we only saw one the entire in 11 days oh, that's we only so saw cuz I was like oh peak season there's going to be like 10 other ships no. and then you're like mm, it's really ruining the vibes here. No, you don't see any others and in port there were a lot yeah. because we came back a little bit early we couldn't park so they went, like there's a whole thing maritime law is really interesting there was like a whole thing and then we we're going to have to be offloaded b- via zodiac and like yeah it was it was a lot but the logistics is amazing they yeah. like sort you into groups they make sure your luggage goes to the hotel or to like it was amazing and yeah. we all didn't have a hotel room like after we got off the ship so they hired this like it's usually a nightclub and they hired it to put us all and they had free coffee and so we could all just sit there with our luggage so for the day. So you just had a rave for the day. Had a rave. How good. Okay, what was your favourite activity that you signed up for? So we didn't end up getting to do the camping or the snowshoeing mm-hmm. because it was too snowy. Yeah. And kayaking was full. So after all of the weddings and training, I didn't training. get to kayak. <laughs> but the Zodiacs were so much fun. Yeah. And the plunge? You liked the, the plunge. plunge. Loved the plunge. Loved the Zodiacs. Like we were out with a couple of the expedition leaders who are like can fang it and we had the yeah. best time. Like it was amazing. Yeah, just wild. And then I think it was just talking to people. Like if you guys have listened to Angie, you won't have listened to it yet, but I'm going to force, force feed you this episode. Like Martin, the penguinologist who – you know, was having drinks with David Attenborough and then moved to the BBC and then now finds himself on a ship in Antarctica, like looking so up penguins cool. and being an ornithologist, like, and his love story and, you know, just meeting people of all ages with all different backgrounds and, like, soaking up their wisdom. It's It was so cool. And you didn't get seasick? Like you genuinely no. didn't once? So you know how I'm, like, really paranoid about getting nauseous I was so anxious the way over was really smooth so it wasn't a problem so for anyone listening you can have a really chilled drake crossing like it was like a lake it was so relaxed we were reading and just yeah totally fine and then on the way back because it was a storm we did have advance notice so we knew it was going to be particularly 
rocky and the crew were amazing they like everyone brought lots of different things and I obviously brought my glasses but because it wasn't medium level Mm. I didn't want to risk like I knew how many people I hadn't talked to yet it was my last two days to to do all that stuff I didn't want to waste a minute so I was going to experiment and try the wristbands and then separately try the glasses and then Mm. separately try you know each thing but in the end the ship doctor's give you medication and they say you should probably take it around 8 p.m. Okay. Because it's going to get rocky at 2 a.m. or whatever. Yeah, that's fair. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. So I didn't get to test the glasses by themselves. I'm testing them. I can can confirm. (laughs) No sickness right now. Yeah, and I'm rocking you around a lot. (laughs) I've been rocking this whole time. (laughs) But, like, taking those, I didn't get sick at all and – like some of the expedition leaders were like it was in their top five crossings. Wow. And I was so nervous. Like you I was so elite. I was wow. more nervous than the average person about it and almost everyone took the medication. Either they didn't get seasick at all, like they knew that they didn't so they didn't need it, or they did take it and no one was sick. Like, I mean, maybe there were a few people, but almost everyone was still. The only thing it does make you is because – when it's rocking, so we had 24 hours of like rocking and then we had we hit the storm and we had the other 24 hours of like proper, Whoa. like I've shared some of the footage of like literally my chair was flying all around the place. And it was, once you know you're not going to feel sick, it's actually fun. It was yeah. so much I would fun. be you. Can you imagine me? Hornets, <laughs> everybody. I was having the best time. And trying to eat was hilarious. Like it was really funny. They closed the deck so no one can fall off and stuff like that. And a lot of your things, like the drawers latch closed and, you know, but the chairs are just going everywhere. The glassware goes. I'm like, why do you use glasses? Anyway, but the one thing it makes you is tired because you're trying uh, all the time to stand it's up. kind of always on. Yeah, like your core yeah. is always trying to stand up and walking around the ship. So a lot of people just decided they sort of put on like a Shackleton movie about yeah. the Shackleton Explorer and they put on like this David Attenborough from Antarctica all the time on this one channel. Yeah. So heaps of people. Like I would say probably on that last day, Maybe two-thirds of the boat just hung out in their rooms, yeah, came out fair. for meals, and then you just lie down because you're tired. Like it's the end of the trip. It's not like it's the f- middle of the trip and everything's still happening and stuff anyway. So yeah. I guess it's a nice way to wind down. But if you're worried about feeling sick, the medication is amazing. You just you can cope. It's and I fine. Think there's a reason why they have experts on there. Is like they know totally. it better than you ever will with these glasses and things. Like if they thought yeah. glasses were the best things, they'd give them the on glasses. The doctor did make me wear them. And then it did, was for her pure enjoyment, but I, she did make me wear them. I have to say, I do quite like them. I might have to um, Paul, buy them off you. Look at him pushing your microphone. I know, he loves me. The ship doctor is trained in remote and emergency medicine as well. She's not just a GP. She's like properly trained in emergency. So that was really reassuring. I did see her within the first seven minutes of being on board <laughs> <laughs> because I was I had a tummy bug when I I'm first got on. I'm constipated. I was no, it was the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and because I was so anxious about feeling sick, and I already felt sick when I got on board because I'd had this tummy bug for like two days. Yeah, I was just like, I went straight there. I was like, hi, I know we haven't taken off yet, but I don't feel well. I need to be filming. And oh. and then because it had been, I'm like, I didn't think I was going to say this on the podcast, but you know what I'm like. I've got to share the nays as well as the yays. She was like, you just seem like you're, you know, you, you've got a lot on your shoulders and you're, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to be okay, to do your job. And, and like, you're a bit nervous and you, you just seem like you, you've got a bit going on, don't you? And I was like, no. 
<laughs> she's like, oh, has it been a big year? I was like, just maybe. She's <laughs> like, tell me everything. And I said like one word. I was like, oh, we've just we've had a lot of family stuff going on. And then I just bawled. Oh, fair. And I think I've been holding on. Like you guys 100%. know what it's like. You have been holding on because you're <sighs> you're the number one person. Not that it's bad that when everyone else is not okay, you're the one that will be okay. <laughs> well, because like I think it's happened like how many times before when you're like, not having a good time but the minute I'm like I'm also not having a good time you're like okay well, I'm good now I'm fine yeah. I'm good I'm so good I <laughs> yeah. am the best I am I'm vitality one million percent yeah and then yeah. it's now the end of the year and a long yeah. a long journey with navigating that so I feel like it's completely fair I think also like a lot of apprehension about the trip like I was definitely mm. nervous before and then there was like a really defining moment where you got on and then the boat kind of like lets it ropes go and then I knew that we'd lose signal pretty quickly but for 11 days not like you know 24 hours or something and I think I hadn't been still with my thoughts all year Mm, really and then the rush to actually get to the trip was so madness that I didn't even have time to think about it and I think it was the first moment of silence that then my brain was just like (gasps) yeah did you (laughs) do you feel like you got a lot of like self you know, soothing discovery reflection so done. much. I don't think the revelations have like properly come on yet, mm, I but I same. feel like I gave myself like 11 days without the internet mm. is a long time for mm. our brains it's in this day age. And it was, I have not been that present, uh, particularly in an environment like that. You don't want to be anything except immersed in, even when I was like chilling out, I was reading about the things that we were seeing. Yeah. And to like have one sole focus, like normally I have one job and I've got seven other jobs in my head and then I'm overlapping things I need to do for different timelines at different times. And all I could do when I was there is just do the thing I was doing. And the time's set up for you. Like you yeah. don't have to organize anything. Like Even you just, food, you just turn up and you eat. Yeah. And what you a just life. go to sleep. It was life. like, but it allowed me to be simple in my thinking. Mm. I only had to think about the penguin I was looking at and then the next penguin and then even the schedule changed every day. So I couldn't even be like, I'm preparing to do a yoga class in the morning. It was like, it'll be on or it won't. If either it'll be too rocky or it won't be, or the yeah. teacher will do it or she'll be doing something else. Like you just didn't know. And I feel like by day three of being suspended in that, I was like so happy, like Aww. but blissful happy, yeah, yeah, like yeah. just in the moment. and Like so zen, just so mellow. So zen yeah. and so just surrendered to like, oh, yeah. well, I can't plan anything so I'm not going to. So I know you haven't had or fully appreciated the revelations but do you have any reflections or anything that you came out of that with other than the need to have this sense of like aloneness every now and then to reset yourself? Definitely to build that in more. I've done it twice this year. I've had two work jobs where I didn't have signal for like more than five days. Mm. And I think even if I don't have a job come up, I need to do that because otherwise I just, there's no circuit breaker and it just gets messy. So definitely just how much I become my baseline person without all the layers of crap that you just kind of Mm. let thoughts and busyness and stuff. But I think also seeing how it's impossible to go to Antarctica and not think about the impact of humans mm. on the planet. Like yeah. it is impossible now. I have such an aversion to plastic. I have such an aversion to single-use everything, which is so easy to be out of sight, out of mind when you haven't seen what 
it costs, if that makes sense. I've always had that. I think I've said the same thing about, you were saying this about last week about we just at the hospital we use so much. Yeah. And it's just so much and it's hard to convince people that aren't necessarily passionate already about it that's having a big impact because it's not an acute impact. It's yeah. a long, like it's going to be 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And by that time, you can attribute it to too many, so many things that yeah. you're not going to go back and be like, oh, it was because we used plastic all that time ago, 10 yeah. years ago. Like no one's going to think back to that time because it was in, in the last year and the last six months because climate change is such a long, drawn-out process mm. that because you can't see the immediate – like if I put – my plastic cup in the bin, I don't see what impact that has. Yeah. It just goes in the bin, I don't see it, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to – like you can't go there and not. Even like the team, are, they put on a lot of sessions about like there's a plastics session, there's so much science involved and interweaved into the trip. You don't have to engage with it if you don't want to, but it's sort of impossible not to like mm. when you're there. Even hearing that in the most remote, literally the most remote part of the world where humans don't live – there is still microplastics in the water. It's crazy. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it just you kind of kind of can't ignore that. And it's also like it's hard because also travelling there is a thing. Mm. But I love Intrepid with their B Corp certification because they make sure every trip is double carbon offset. Like they're really, really, really conscious of that. And then the education. So one of the coolest things on board was the citizen science program where organisations like NASA, for example, they need certain pictures from certain angles of, you know, a whale fluke to see the spots or something ah. or they need to know, you know, in this particular bay what is the level of blah mineral in the water. And so they get people, tourists, who are going to be part of cool. information gathering. So they'll write That's you a clever. brief and then, like, there's a coordinator on board and you can go out on the particular citizen science boat to all you have to do is dip a thing in the water and you'll find, like, the population of krill or you'll find a different type of plankton and you'll report it back to, like, NASA cool. or to whoever. That was really, really cool. I loved that you could do that. And, like, the photographers, they're, like, they can't send people down as often as tourist boats go down there, but they'll get everyone who has a telephoto lens to try and get this angle because we need to know that the seal's belly is blah or because they can also see every pattern on a whale's tail is different. So they'll be, like, we know where that whale has migrated from and like how his patterns are changing and stuff like that that's use, cool yeah you're like part of science it's yeah. really really cool i love that so that's a really big part of the intrepid itinerary but yeah i think my overwhelming thing is like i was even reading about the heroic age of antarctic exploration so like shackleton and all the people who have done things first it just makes me think of the word legacy and i'm like i haven't really thought much about legacy i've thought about legacy in that I hope some people through reading the book or listening to the podcast have seized their yay in some way that they might not have otherwise. But that's really hard to measure. Mm. And I haven't like set an intention of my legacy on this earth will be. Mm. So I think I want that's something that will brew. Like what's going to be my say that's impact big. on the earth? My brain's not coping with it very well. I'm definitely not adjusting to society. <laughs> I'm laughing at inappropriate <laughs> moments <laughs> and finding it really hard to sleep because I'm just like so like ah! wired. So wired and so, so many revelations. And I kept a diary as oh, well, good. which nice. is awesome. But I feel like often with these trips, like you would be the same and we'll talk about this in your episode, but you often have the brain space and then the realisations come after that. Mm, like they sure. sort of brew and then they yeah yeah i don't think mine settled either i think i've had them i haven't 
organize them. You yeah, you have to organize them. It takes a while. Yeah, it takes a little bit. Yeah, which I was actually I was actually surprised when I was when you were like let's do on tactic and out because I was like I wonder if she's actually had thought about organization. It. But at the same time, I think it's good that you're doing it now because it's all so vivid in your yeah, it's so mind fresh. and like still so excitable. Yeah. Oh, so cool, Bim. It was so cool. And I went with the coolest team as yeah. well. I went with the head of global brand, Mandy, who I was in the Flinders Rangers with, and she's just such an all-time human being. We had so much fun. You can see the photos of us on the first day. We were like out of our minds excited. And to also watch her do her job, like she's just such an amazing guardian for the Intrepid brand. And then uh, Cliff was the videographer. He's a Canadian, the nicest guy ever. Interestingly, like doesn't really love bird photography and then just could not get off the deck photographing birds. So that was funny. We're going to get a full feature film of him filming birds. He's so nice and so good at what he does. And then, of course, Matt Cherubino, who was the photographer, who is a character, like the funnest. I I said to you before we started recording, you guys would be best friends. He's just so much fun to be around, so talented. And his photos, we get them today, so I can't even wait. Yeah, but the ones that you showed already of I the know. film, oh, they look so good. I oh, know. He had a film camera. He had, he had like four cameras. All Both boys had like yeah. so much luggage and I don't know how they did it. They were amazing. But, yeah, the four of us had such a good time. Like we all did the polar plunge. Yeah. We all did a lot of the activities together. Yeah, it was a really, really good time. I feel like I n- now desperately want to do it. I feel like for ages it felt, it's felt so far-fetched, you know? Yeah. Like Everest feels so far-fetched, mm. but there's actually expeditions going all the time. Yeah. Whereas I feel like now Antarctica seems so accessible. Yeah. In, like, still, it's still like niche and special and yeah. like hard to get to, but still very much more accessible than it is what it was totally. previously. It's uh, admittedly a very expensive place to get to. Mm. It's a much more expensive itinerary than anywhere else that you would go. But once you hear what's involved, you can kind yeah. of justify all of that you know like yeah totally once you get there i'm like like it's impossible to get to like, like you're not even paying just for the transport but the level of expertise the yeah. safety the protection 100%. they give you like i don't think like not once have you ever reflected that you felt unsafe it just was rockier no. period which is which is actually quite a big thing because it's you're in the middle of nowhere and you're trusting a mm. boat like anything yeah. could have happened in that time where you can't contact anyone there's no other safety measures there's no backup like you don't that's all up to them like i guess it's similar to flying but flying yeah. is such a like it's such a it's common a thing entity. now yeah and yeah. it's just so common that it's sa- like it's safe a lot of the submitted questions were are there risks and did you feel like unnerved not once mm. like even there were some points in the drake passage where i was like this boat can't tip any further but I was not worried at all. I was way more worried about feeling nauseous, which is just a personal thing, than yeah. I was about actual danger because the expedition team are so experienced. The procedures in place, like the relationship between the actual captains and then like who are in charge of the boat and then the intrepid team who are in charge of the people, everything about everything just felt so like we went through so many safety measures mm. ourselves. The boat has like really big stabilizers and a really great history. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just didn't even wait. Well, it didn't even go through my mind, interestingly. Yeah. And there's no other way. You know how there's always like, yo, I might drive because it's a cheaper route. Yeah, or I might yeah, you have to sail. Because it's, it's, you just kind of have to trust everyone around them. I'm going to ask this because people I'm sure are going to ask and think, and you don't have to say it, but how much actually is it? Yeah, great question. So it really varies depending on how long you go, because even like Intrepid, for example, they we did the 11 day best of Antarctica but if you want to go to South Georgia or other islands there's like a 23 day one like it just depends Mm. on how long you're going and then between companies and 
levels of luxury. There's a huge, huge variation. So for what I did, uh, it starts at about 9000 a person, which is definitely on the more expensive side of life, but definitely on the more reasonable side 9, of Antarctica. all-inclusive is – like I have to say, like – yeah, not like I feel like there's you know fourteen day contiguous tours that are yeah know, four thousand dollars or something, and, and a lot of those things gets you, can you do to your, Antarctica. And like, yeah, a lot of these tours you can do yourself. Or, yeah. like you just can't. I feel like I was actually expecting probably a, a lot and a I lot think more. Traditionally, it's been twenty to thirty. Yeah. So nine is like quite reasonable. Mm. And there are sale periods once a year, most of the time once a year, as I mentioned, like forty percent off. Got it. I wish. Or I, two for one. Like, and particularly oh. if you go in like an off season, which I mean, it's amazing all year round. There are like a lot of the people on board, the younger people got a two for one deal. So you could go for two people for nine grand for 11 days. And then, of course, there is your flights to get to Ushuaia, which is, as you know, like it takes quite a few flights to get there. But it's, if you want to go there, it's a once in a lifetime investment. It's not like Bali where you might go, you know, it's a lot cheaper, but you'll go 10 times in your life or whatever. Not 10 times necessarily, but you know what I mean. Like it's a more accessible place to go. There are sales all the time. It is a really long way to get there. It is very, very remote. So once you get there, you kind of understand the value. Yeah, totally. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, is there anything else you want to Oh, my God, I don't know. I have so many feelings, so many things. I feel like it will all settle and we can, like, come back to it. I think we can it, do it definitely just... a part two when we both reflect on our revelations. Yeah. That's a separate thing in itself. Yeah. And this is more about just, like, the experience itself. It's definitely one of those things where I must say I don't feel like I'm the same person as I was mm. before, which is such a like weird, romanticized, lame thing to say. But it changes something about how you think about stuff. I don't know how yet, but definitely changes. And there was so much yay. So much yay. So good thing. But it did definitely hammer home sees the A. Like everyone yes, on board was like someone it. who had just gone, fuck it. Like, yeah. you know, oh, you have to. life's too short. Yeah, 100%. You want to see something, you want to go see it, you do it. Yeah. Oh, so good, Vim. Oh, I can't wait. I was actually just looking at the prices. That's what I was doing. Oh, my God. We should go back together. I know. And you know what's really interesting? They say once in a lifetime, but once you come back, I want to go back. Yeah, yeah. And that's weird because I was so worried about getting there. I was so worried about the nausea. I was so worried about the boat, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, if I could go back, I would go back. Like now. Like I literally was looking at the sale like, "Mm, maybe I can take Nick back. I'm looking. (laughs) Paul's like, mum, fuck no. (laughs) No. Anyway, Bim, thank you so much for You're hosting welcome. this conversation. Thank you. That sounds so good. Just Google it. You can so Google you the can prices. Google it. You can Google it. I'm Googling. <laughs> um, lovely neighborhood. I hope you guys enjoy that. I really just repeated myself if you've been following on socials. But if you have any other questions, I'll make another question box and try and get to all of the questions. And if you have any questions for Ange... Angfoot, Angfoot, who has recently seized her yay, please, we'll make another question box as well. And we have so much to plan for next year now that we have Ange on board part to full time. So keen. <laughs> so excited, honestly. We'll have all the more activities and we'll be much more organised. Yay. Bye. Bye.